Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for an opportunity to be in church, to receive your word, to humble ourselves before your presence, Lord. We ask for your great help, help of your spirit to be here. Minister to our hearts, Lord. Let your will be done, Father. We thank you for blessing us with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 14. I am continuing uh, my series on the proton. Now, last week I, I told you I was going to talk about something, but it looks like I may not be able to get there, but we're still on proton, amen? And I believe it's going to be good anyway. Um, proton means it's a Greek word it means the first in time and order first in time and order the first in rank and in value the most important, the foremost preceding all others the first thing, that which is before anything else Amen is that so or that is not so that is Proton, first, 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 first. All right? Now, uh, when you have, when you are a bad person, you often have to choose between doing good and bad things. But when you know the Lord and you are somehow a good person, by the grace of God, you are often choosing... (laughs) between good things which of the good things should i do you get it which one should i do and it is there that this all-important message of proton comes in that god now shows you what is the first thing that you must do first in order first in time the first in number should you give more money to your school, your old school, or should you give more money to your church? See, which one is first in value to you, your school or your church or your God? Some people, especially people from Infancipim, they are so attached to their school, you don't understand sometimes what it is that they are excited about. It's a pity. And uh, sometimes you see that they are donating more to their school than to their church. They are giving more time to their school. So which one comes first in order of rank and value? Some of us, we love our... We will talk about that when we are talking about thou shalt love the Lord your God first. Some people love their country. 
so much. They are they love their country more than they love God. So when it comes to matters to do with either their country and God, you see them putting their country before their God. There are some people too who love their tribe so much. (laughs) You wouldn't shout for some sprinklings of blood upon yourself. They love their tribe so much that if issues come up where they have to choose between their so-called brother who comes from their region (laughs) or their sister. (laughs) I don't know why you are laughing. (laughs) Who comes from their region and then God you see that they are choosing their region. My pastor, how can you see something like that? Oh, you can see it all the time. At work, such people will rather identify, when they are identifying people, they will say certain things, oh, you are, you are one. <laughs> but, <laughs> not, not a child of God. They don't have that attitude to a child of God that you are one and you are also a believer but you are my brother from my town you wouldn't shout for some mercies and atonements when they are trying to help themselves you see that they are helping one another more from the region that they come from rather than that this is a believer and if you go to certain workplaces you will see that it is not that all these people who are here come from a certain church or that they are all believers. That's even if the, the man who is, has the power is either a believer and from certain tribes. You will see that he has chosen the tribe first. So the place is full of his tribesmen even though they are unbelievers. Proton tribe. <laughs> Protonic region. One day, a brother was telling me, he said he went to work, and then uh, a brother from one of the tribes, you know, we have about 25 tribes in Ghana, so it can be any of them, came and said certain things to me, and he said, oh, I, I don't understand. I said, oh, I thought you were. You see, he wanted to know whether he was, not that he wanted to know, he, it wasn't concerned whether he was a believer or an unbeliever. So, so the region and the tribe is, is the first important thing in the person's value and thinking. And it never changes no matter how many years they are believers. One day a pastor was preaching very well. And then one of the congregation members wrote a letter. Dear pastor. In fact, dear pastor. <laughs> I, don't to, I don't want to say this story. <laughs> Turn to Luke chapter 14. (laughs) I love your preaching because you are from so and so town. (laughs) I have not yet met somebody who loves my preaching because I'm from Jamestown. 
<laughs> that most of my church members are, are from uh, Accra because I'm from Accra believers the first thing that is in our thinking is something else apart from the first thing may God atone us with the blood restitution and grace when you are at work the first thing you must no- notice are the believers is he a believer is she a believer mercy forever okay when i say mercy forever I say mercy always mercy forever <laughs> all right now we have been looking at the different things that jesus said the first one was um when you are coming to worship in matthew chapter 5 is that not so leave your sacrifice and first go and sort things out with other people whom you are quarreling with is that not so how many have sorted out all quarrels since you started coming for proton you don't have any quarrel with anybody even the person who is some way decide to say sorry even if you are right it doesn't matter did you hear what i'm saying decide to say sorry even if you are right and the person is wrong you just say sorry just so that there will be peace amen number two seek ye first the kingdom you know that one is that not so we are going to that but let me give you the third proton matthew 7 don't have to read i'll read it for you judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge you shall be judged with what measure you meet it shall be measured to you again huh and then why 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 oh why superfly why behold that thou huh? the moat moat spotters we are going to look at moat spotters and moat seekers people who are able to see moats next week god willing those who have eyes for moats god should help us i tell you moat spotters and finders finder of moats as the person next to you are you a moat finder your eye is good at seeing moats why oh why beholdest thou the moat that is in thy brother's eye and considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye atonement and sprinklings of blood and how will thou say to thy brother let me pull out the moat that is in thine eye and behold a beam is in thy own eye moat spotters and finders we shall see their characteristic next week full of beams first thou hypocrite first remove the moat the beam that is in thine eye and then thou shalt see clearly to remove the moat that is in thy brother's eye amen Amen. moat seekers and spotters are satan's human demons next week we'll talk about human demons (laughs) today we want to finish off on the great matthew 6 33 but seek ye first the kingdom 
everybody say the kingdom the kingdom of god he didn't just say the kingdom not the kingdom of ghana or the kingdom of your life the kingdom of money but the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all other things shall be added why does god say are you there we should seek the kingdom of god first amen Amen. number one because the kingdom needs a lot of time to accomplish anything it takes a long time to accomplish the work of god i remember some years ago the first time mosasono came to preach in our church i remember that particular sunday pastor dennis who is in nigeria was our data officer and i asked him to count our church the people that were in church that day and he counted and he brought me the number and that was one of the largest services we had had in a long time when he brought the number i looked at the number and i immediately became depressed and i thought to myself that for all these years i've been pastoring and preaching this is the number of people that are sitting in the church you know and i realized that after all these years of doing my very best not many people were even in the church it's not easy and even it takes it it takes time to accomplish in 1963 Yongicho had 3,000 members in his church that's when I was born he started in 1957 amen and by 1963 he had 3,000 members in his church I was now coming out of my mother's to discover what is around it takes a long so if somebody says he has 700,000 members in his church or even he has built a church building his church building seats only 12,000 people they have a lot of multiple services and branches and so many things and depending on how you count it you know it takes a long time when we were in Korea we spoke to different church members because we were invited to church members houses to go and have a fellowship meeting and one of the late uh, people some of the people we asked this one how long have you been in the church this one said i've been here in the church for 25 years so how long have you been in the church for 22 years how long have you been in the church 19 years the person who had been in the church for the shortest length of time was 14 years yeah and that's not even the age of this church you see so often we 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 we, we want to do something great overnight but it, it, it's not like that it, it takes a long time to accomplish anything even spiritually even if god is moving look let me tell you something if you see a pastor who comes up and he seems to have a, a, a church like us we have a big church god is blessing us and so on uh, you compare us let's say to the missionaries who came here some years ago you are making a mistake because you see we are building on the foundations and the the deaths and the blood that they shed to come and die here even was one achievement because for the presbyterian church to start in ghana you needed about 10 or 20 different presbyterians to die white people to die you can go to their grave i mean we don't have any uh, i don't know of any other in ghana we have general cemeteries we have awudome cemetery osu cemetery we have the cemeteries in the villages we have the military cemetery and the other special cemetery i know of is the 
mission puzzle missionary mission cemetery for missionaries maybe there are other cemeteries i don't know about but that's the apart from the military cemetery which is a special cemetery for soldiers even that i think is for some soldiers not all soldiers can go and sleep there some soldiers can go there and but there is a special cemetery for missionaries and they came they suffered they preached scripture union the last 20 30 40 50 years they've had traveling secretaries they've gone to the secondary schools of ghana have established scripture union to the point that if you are in secondary school you will think that the scripture union was instituted by the school i always thought so till i grew up and i found out that scripture union is a ministry the headquarters is at adabraka here are you listening to me so scripture union have been laboring and through their work some of us were born again and we were taught such basics and foundational things that have made us what we are today and then a lot of us have passed through the secondary school so a lot of people have been affected by su and su products which led to para church ministries like joyful way hofsia calvary road incorporated and so on this also turned out a lot of christians before churches charismatic churches started and then suddenly the charismatic pastors look as though they are achieving a lot actually it is upon the labors of people who have gone on before us even in the charismatic church there are many who would criticize bishop duncan williams but the reality is that he also came before all of us when he somebody gave him a benz from germany it was a big thing in ghana uh, this smiling benz an old smiling benz it was a big thing in ghana when he would travel first class or business class or whatever it was a problem when he built a house it was a problem anything he does it becomes a problem thereafter other pastors have come doing these things it looks as if they are very successful but people have are tired of criticizing those things or have used all their energies and so on and now maybe a lot more pastors who just like that have also come so which one will you criticize you say he's a bishop he was the first said he's a bishop now a lot of us are saying we are bishops so we are building on so even what looks fast is actually the top of something with a lot of layers under years and years and years have gone by before you are getting what you are getting today so the work of god i can tell you if you look at your life some of you you are some way and you know you are some way you've decided not to change yet yeah you've decided that you won't change i mean i can preach and preach you preach we won't change but you preach we won't leave the church but we won't change yeah and some of you have changed and you can see how you were some way how many realize that you were really some way and whilst you were somewhere, we were still preaching to you. Some of you have been in the church. You've left and you've come back. And you don't want to bring up that chapter of how you went and came. It takes a long time. And if we, are to, if we think that we are going to catch God last minute and invest some last minute years or last minute whatever, you're joking. Even your financial and your, your life it takes such a long time to get anything i remember as i've been coming up i realized a lot of people's eyes were twinkling 
with certain visions they had i'll get this i'll get that i'll have this car i'll have that car as we've gone on i keep seeing them and say it's not easy to prosper and then they shake their head it's not easy to prosper it takes a long time before you can buy a car before you can have this before you can have that it's a long journey so in the spiritual work as well it is the same it is not easy to have anything or to acquire or achieve anything can you hear me upstairs are the speakers on upstairs are you sure they are on upstairs very good amen so that's the first reason number two because the kingdom of god needs young people amen young people have energy they have faith they have zeal we need young people to do the work of god number two the the three the kingdom of god needs energy it takes a lot of energy to travel to be beaten to be criticized to still be strong to still have hope and faith when everything goes against you number four the kingdom cannot be despised or put in the second place and last week i called some sisters and i offered them some of the best category a husbands we have in the church i introduced one lady to major Meffel. and major Meffel is our marriage counselor chief marriage counselor so he must be the best husband in the church so i introduced and i said would you like to marry him he must be kind he must be gentle he must be this he must be that and she said yes he thinks so very kind and so on so would you have him as your husband and she said no i said why not he said because she would be the second wife and she wouldn't mind being married to him but not as the second you see in the same way god wouldn't mind you working for him but not as the second option yeah and, and what god is saying is that yes you will be a good person to work for me you are good you are this you are this but the fact that i am the second option makes it different i i god cannot be despised the ministry cannot be despised that is why at the end of the day you see that verse always coming true many are called few are chosen when we as you see these students who come from the university when they are in the university they are full of zeal energy bishop we are going to do this we're going to do the law we're going to be missionary we're going to serve the law we're going to do this we're going to do that then as time goes by a lot of things begin to challenge that call and then suddenly the call is not cancelled it's only put to second place it's never cancelled it's never cancelled none of the good people amongst us will ever cancel the call of god or cancel the word of god never never we just put it second and satan is okay with second you just put it as second what i will give you for first will take you for many years no problem you you just put it second put it after your marriage and after your children and after your school and after your phd and after your business and after your life and after all that no don't cancel it just second it's good enough for the devil he's so so clever so intelligent never to present us with black and white but with white and then slightly grayish white i'll say that again i said satan is too clever to present people like you and me with black and white for us to choose either black or white he'll present us with white and gray or slightly off-white whitish gray cream because when we see the black and white we say oh, give me the white please i can see it clearly but we can't easily see the difference between white and off-white 
We can't easily see the difference between white and cream. White and then light gray. These are all good colors that look similar. But white is white, brother. And not white is not white. And so all he says is, you know something? We're going to serve God. The devil, look, when we say we are going to serve God, the devil stands up in the congregation and says, yeah, we are going to serve him. But with a slight adjustment, we want to serve him second. You know, we have certain things to do and we want to serve him. Definitely serve him. Everybody's going to serve him. Let's all serve him. It's a good idea. Let's serve him. Very good. Now, practically things are going on. We have to do it second. And, and third and fourth. And he knows once you start on your first thing, you never get around to them. Unless God just opens some doors and just shows mercy to you. The next reason why we must serve God um, first. Huh? The kingdom cannot be delayed. Often delay means cancellation. Many things that are delayed never come on. That's what I'm telling you. The next reason is that have, I, have you got any other reason? The next reason is that whenever you put the kingdom second, you will be too tired to do it or to do it properly. You'll be tired. How many know that we get tired? We get worn out. We get weary. Some of you are sitting in church today after a long, hard day of work. You left home at 6 a.m. Some of you got up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., you know, and you've been at work. You get it. And now here we are in the church, and the pastor is preaching. You know, it's a nice thing for him to preach, but we are tired. You get it. So sometimes it takes higher anointings to keep tired people alert and awake. If it were not for the anointing, all of us would be asleep on Tuesday evening. Yeah. And even still with the anointing. Some people are arrested by the spirit of sleep. The devil makes no room for Christianity. No. Now many shops open on Sundays. Many businesses work on Sundays. You watch soon there will be no difference between Saturday, Sunday and Monday. And it will be either you come to church they may give you Tuesday off or Wednesday is your day off but we work on Sundays. As the, shop, let me, as the shopkeepers get wiser and more money conscious, they will work on Sundays while a lot of people can go shopping on Sundays. And here we come with our tiredness. Something we would have done but because of tiredness, we don't do. We are worn out. We don't do. We've preached. We've been everywhere. We've done everything. Lord, I'm tired. That is why you should seek the kingdom of God in the morning first before you go out. How many have tried praying in the evening and as you were seeking the kingdom of God in the night? I know many of you would not admit such things. But I will admit that at times I, I have sat in my chair saying that I am sleeping. I am praying. Most of the time when I pray, I, I sit down. When I open my eyes, it's morning. 
I've not, you know, I've not laid down flat. <laughs> now I know it doesn't happen to you, but it's something that happens to me. I mean, I, I know, I, I know, you people look so holy when you come to church, and when I mention certain things, you make your face. Mm, we don't know what you are saying. There are times. My wife has come to pull me out of my chair. My neck is breaking. And she'll pull me say, Come to bed. Because I, I said I was praying. Because I spent 12 hours seeking other things. And now I've come to seek the face of the Lord with my exhaustion. All I can give God is my sleep. Sometimes we, the pastors, we don't want you to see that we are also tired. But we are also tired. I remember one time I was having an all night. Praying, covered, told the people, God, I, these are my, I have special all night messages to keep people awake. I have about two sermons on staying awake in the night. I gave the people one of them. You know, Jonah, when Jonah was sleeping, and then they came down to the boat, I said, What meanest thou? How can you sleep at this time? So I think I gave them one of those sermons, and people were praying. So I went to the next room and I was also praying. There were, it was a classroom. I joined some desks together. <laughs> and I lay upon the desk and lifted up my hands and my heart and my voice. Meanwhile, <laughs> was the one leading that I have told them about Jonah what minister how can you sleep at such a time those kind of messages so I was sleeping then suddenly I felt a tap on my shoulder and I opened my eyes here was a young sister you are wanted inside please You know, one of the things I one of the things I discovered about praying in the night is that it's easier to do all night when you've slept during the day. But when you bring your tiredness to God, you just bring a different spirit. And that's what many of us are doing. It's not a day and a night, but it's your years. Your years are going by, your twenties and your thirties and your forties. Until you are a certain age, then you realize that all is vanity. In fact, what Solomon said is true, Pa. I've realized it, Pa. I'm going to serve God. But now you can't walk properly as you used to walk before. I'm going to sing, but now you can't sing as you would have sung. I'm going to play, but you can't play. Today, my message is, is Jesus against business? Is Jesus against your family? And is Jesus against your property? Turn with me to Luke 14. Verse 16, and he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade or invited many people. I've been told not to preach long today, so I'm going to shorten my message. Verse 17. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused excuse me 
doesn't mean eliminate me doesn't mean never invite me again but excuse me at this very moment please allow be courteous and kind enough to just allow me to go by just this time excuse me have me excused number two and another said i have bought five yoke of oxen and i go to prove them i pray thee and these are very polite people i pray thee okay i pray thee that means i implore thee i i kindly humbly ask you to allow me to be just for this moment not to be there i've got five yoke of oxen and another said i have married a wife and therefore i cannot come this one wasn't so polite says i can't come we are tired we can't come that's all so that servant came and showed his lord these things then the master of that house being what angry said to his servant go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor the maimed and the halt and the blind and the servant said lord it is done as thou hast commanded and yet there's room at the cross for you there's room at the cross for you though millions have come there is still room for one yes there's room at the cross for you that's where this song comes from yet there is room and the lord said unto the servant go out into the highways and hedges and compel the word compel is the word anakazo go and compel them to come in that my house may be filled for i say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper i never knew this scripture was connected to the next verse and there went great multitudes with him and he turned and said unto them if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters yea and his own life also he cannot be my disciple and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple amen now let's read verse 34 salt is good but if the salt have lost his favor wherewith shall it be seasoned amen listen are you listening are you still around is jesus against your business is jesus against you having lands is jesus against your marriage and your family this is a very important question that i want us to look at today because sometimes when you listen to jesus preaching you may think he is almost against money or he's against business he's against lands because there were three people who brought an excuse one of them said i have bought five yoke of oxen that is five things with which i do business five cars five contracts five articulators five buses five sewing machines five hairdressing saloon five hair dryers for my hairdressing salon i bought five dryers i bought five nail 
polishes. Five shoe shine boxes. Five sewing machines. Five buckets of granite paste. Five rice and stew kiosks. Five watch kiosks. One rice, one watch, one kinky, one domedo, and one what? Kelewele. Huh? Five block making machines. Five comic Canaan centers. Five communication centers. Five kiosks. Five taxis. Five internet cafes. Five yoke of oxen. Five businesses. Five schools. I have five schools, so excuse me. I have five. I'm, I'm busy, sir. Mr. Pastor. Mr. Pastor. Mr. Bishop. I'm busy, right? Mr. Bishop. I'm busy. I have five computer schools. I've bought five computers. I'm going to use these five computers for my business. I have five shops. I have five tickets to the U.S. I have five million CDs. I have a contract for five years. I have five acres of farming land. I have five years to finish my medical school. Five years. I need just five years. Excuse me because I've got five good years ahead of me. Five rental cars. I have bought five tons of iron rods. I'm selling five boxes of nails. I am selling five piles of two by six and two by two and two by four wood. I've got 500 bags of cement I am selling. I have five canoes on the Atlantic Ocean. I have five corn mills. I have five locums. Five locums. I have five courses more. Five exams more. Five bundles of cloth that I'm selling. Five shoes. Five years to finish school. Five yoke. Five. Just five. And it's not a bad thing, sir. And I know you appreciate it. So I pray. I beg you. Please. Excuse me. I'm busy. I'm busy, Lord. I've got... Is Jesus against your business? Is Jesus against business? I have five exams to write, Lord. My name is Doug Heward Mills. And, I'm, it's not, and the year is 1983. And I have five exams more to write. Lord, actually the year is 1984. And I have five years to go and five exams to write. So Lord, if you can excuse me from this crazy idea you just came up with of starting a church in medical school. Lord, I thank you for these ideas. But I have five years and five exams to go. So Lord, I pray thee. In my prayer time, excuse me. If you can please call somebody else. And after the five years, Lord, you can count on me. I will be available, Lord. I have five months to my wedding. No, we'll come to the 
marriage. We come to the marriage. This one is business. Business education. Is Jesus against business? Is he against education? It, It sounds like it, you know. But Jesus is trying to show, you see, the deception in this world puts God out. I'm preaching. I'm preaching it. There are people who would have been interested in marrying him, but he's a pastor. Like somebody said, one Nigerian pastor said, I was accused of being a Nigerian. It's like the fact that he's a Nigerian, some, some people are using it against him. As if it is an insult. But he's a pastor. It's like, what work do you have? I'm a pastor. What is that? I've even had somebody come into my office to inspect to see whether he, he works. He has a job. Because like, what does a pastor do? Preach. I'm preaching, brother. Preach. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. <laughs> it's as though it is, it is some kind of leprosy which cannot be, must not be taken seriously or must not be taken first. Preach. Have me excused. I'm going to do I have five businesses, five courses, five tickets, five stores, five shops, five years, five tickets, five of this. Excuse me. And I know you will understand when I say excuse me because you understand what is important and what is secondary. I know you understand such things. So excuse me. There's business. There's money to be made. There are degrees to be earned. There are things to do. There's time. Five yoke of oxen. Uh, Master, you are inviting me to your dinner. Have you had five yoke of oxen before? (laughs) And that's how people think. Eh? It's because one day I was talking to somebody. They said, eh, "Because I'm going abroad, and this and that's why he's saying what he's saying." I said, "Wow, that was the last time. Any time I see somebody going abroad, I don't talk again." From that time, that was about almost twenty years ago. You say you are going abroad. I said, Praise the Lord. I don't have anything to say. Lest when I open my mouth and I say something, you will think in your head that. Eh, because I'm going to Ablochi, he doesn't want me to go to Ablochi. And uh, Ablochi that he's going, when I, when I say that, he's paining him. He's paining me that you are going to Ablochi. <laughs> Your mouth like paining. <laughs> I have five months visa. Somebody came to me and said, I have five months visa. Have me excused from this ministry. I have five months visa. Excuse me from this ministry. Excuse me, pastor. You know I work. We've heard all these. Let me tell you something. Whenever you hear me preaching, eh, none of my preachings are not, even the, the jokes are serious things. Oh, yeah. All that I preach is real. Because I'm only preaching out of real things. Even the jokes you hear, this is not something is inside. I have five. Is Jesus against business? Is he against making of money? He is not. Let me ask the second question. Is Jesus against having lands? The man said, I've bought land. And I'm going to look at it in the night. <laughs> we don't want to talk about the night part. Usually we preach about the night. I don't want us to talk about this night thing. Let's us assume that it's a true thing that you are going to inspect the land in the night. But is it that Jesus doesn't like people having lands? Is Jesus against you having a house? 
having houses, having buildings. Is Jesus against that? Lord, I bought. You know, Lord, I'm building a house. One father said to me, I'm repairing my roof. That's why I can't pay my first and best. Don't say, oh, you, a lot of you are like that. Don't say, oh, as though, I mean. Don't pretend. Let's stop pretending in the church. You see, Jesus Christ, a lot of people were following him when he turned around and told them, hey, if any man hates not his brother and his father and his father and his sister, yeah, and his whole life, he cannot be my disciple. It was because a lot of people were following him that he turned around and told them that thing. Don't, don't try to deceive the pastor. Jesus didn't want people to think they were deceiving him. Do you hate your father, your mother, your brother, and even your own life? You can't easily follow me. And they were looking at him. Because of people's houses that they are acquiring in this life, God has been asked to excuse them. Number three. I've been told not to preach long, so I'm ending very soon. Is God against your marriage? I've married a wife. Excuse me, Lord. You are the one who said in your way. When a man marries his wife, he should be excused for one year from the battle. I say, I've married a wife. What are you calling me to involve me in this thing now? I want to go and encourage her. Oh, Male, you wait, I'm coming. <laughs> I cannot come. I cannot come because of my wife. I cannot come because of my husband. I cannot come because of my child. I cannot come because of my engagement. I cannot come because of my wedding. I cannot come because of my boyfriend. My boyfriend is coming on Tuesday. My boyfriend is coming on Tuesday. And he's, he's going to be here for only um, seven days. And um, I just want to have some time. That's how you understand such things, Lord. <laughs> I have a beloved. Excuse me from the convention, please. I'm pregnant! And you understand, Pastor, there's a baby within. You know what it's like to feel a baby kicking. You know what it's like. Your, your wife has been pregnant before, Pastor. You know what it's like. <laughs> when you don't feel so well, <laughs> you come to church and a lot of people, especially some of these shouting kind of people around and sweating and you know, it makes me, you know, I feel nauseated. <laughs> I can't come. Your mouth like you can't come. God has put a pregnancy inside your stomach. You can't come. I'm married a wife. Excuse me. You believe in marriage? You ordained our marriage. Marriage. Reason number three is Jesus against marriage. Is he trying to spoil marriages? Is he preventing husbands from being good husbands? Why did he get angry? The Bible says and the master was angry and he called his servant. He was so angry when he had such a something. You are telling me that you are going, you've married your wife and because of that you can't come. Really? Okay, it seems you've forgotten where the wife came from. You've forgotten where the husband came from. It seems you are not aware of where the child comes from and where they come from. You can have a womb and you can have everything and you will never have a child. Unless God has mercy on you, you will never have a child. I'm telling you something. I'm a doctor. I know what I'm saying. Your family. And you should hear them. Um, I want my child to go for ever so um, 
piano lessons and my child to go to ballet. <laughs> I want my child to dance. I want my child to have ballet dancing, you know. my child to I want my child to learn how to speak French. Je suis je suis Pierre et Sedou. Tu vas ici? Oui. Non. Tu il? Oui, oui, oui. Je suis. Je suis. Tu es et pardon. Oui, non. I want my child to speak French. I want my child to speak like a British person. I'm sending my child to London. I want my child to come back and say, "Hello, mummy. How are you? All right. Everything okay? Mummy, where are you going? Mummy, daddy, mummy, daddy. I, I want my child to speak like a British. And you don't want your child to be born again. Sunday, you don't bring your child to a, a, a new conversation. You don't bring them to J Church. You don't bring them to Sunday school. But you take your child to London and you take your child all over so that your child will speak like a white man. You are sick and you don't know that you are sick. I've married a wife. I'm a family man now. <laughs> you see, you are not in the corporate world. You see, in the corporate world, your marriage is very important. And sometimes, you know, when it comes to setting contracts and other things, they look at your marriage and other things. And, you know, we, we want to have a stable life. Every day I take my wife for dinner and then other things. I move with her for certain functions and other experiences. I'll be moving with her mostly. So I think you, you are, are you not a pastor? You are not in favor of marriage or you are against marriage now. <laughs> your mouth, you say, I don't want to insult you, but your mouth like. Eh? My husband is coming. I play the table. I play the tables. Me and him, our t- plate, knife on the, this is, uh, knife is on the right. Is the knife on the right? Knife is on the right. Fork is on the left. And then the spoon is also on the right. And then your glass is also down the right. And me and him, we are sitting down. You know what I mean? But we are talking. So we are very happy. Two of us. And he calls me on the fire. Enjoy it. Professor Ricky Z, hi, how are you? I'm coming home soon. And I'll be happy. When he comes home, I always want to be there. That's why I'm in Sunday. You said I should be a shepherd. Eh? You said I should be a shepherd. Eh? <laughs> you see, I want to keep my, my husband. is a very important person. Oh, you, you, are, you are not married. Eh? I've, got a, I've got a child. I want to be there for my child. I want my children to see me as they are growing up. Because I want them to love me. And then also, I want them to be decent. Nice, beautiful children. So I'm always there. I'm always there for my child. I'm always there for my child and my family. I thank God for the man he has given me. I'm, I'm there. I'm always there. <laughs> I've married a wife. Is God against your marriage? Is God against your business? It's God against having a house, having houses. I mean, Jesus, not God, Jesus. Is Jesus against? Let me take it from the top. Number one, 
is gone against business and prosperity look carefully at matthew again chapter 6 but seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be deducted and subtracted which things the things that people are seeking for clothes something to wear something to have more money and whatever they shall be added they shall be added not subtracted when you come to christ and you follow jesus you are not following him for him to demote you christ does not demote anybody when you come to god and when you come to jesus he promotes you you don't come to god to decrease you come to god to increase you don't come to god to be pushed down and reduced and to be put aside god increases you when i decided in medical school that my heart was no more in this school but my heart was to do the work of god and the will of god suddenly all the things that my mates were seeking for were added unto me i can never forget walking down the stairs of my hostel when somebody came out of his room and said you have a letter so what letter is this i've never had a letter in this school since i came here and there was a letter from the medical school administration you have won your first best two students you have won such and such a prize and i went on to find out more about the prize and i found out that and i'd won a lot of money that money that i i won you know has contributed greatly to my prosperity even up till today because in those days almost 20 years ago it was a lot of thousands of pounds and it helped me i i invested it in business i started doing business when i was in school yeah when i was in school as a student i i, I was a uh, hiring car owner i used to work with avis you know avis rental yeah i had cars with them avis rental I had my own taxes. I used to have hiring cars that would go to Lome. <laughs> ah, you see me just walking about like that. As I was a student, I was doing business. And I was seeking the kingdom of God. And the things that people were looking for were being added on, including money and this and that and that and all those. They were being added on to me. Easy. Easy. It comes from the heart. And my preaching countless times on these things is god is trying to break the stronghold you see the stronghold is your thought lines it can never change no matter what preaching is going and god is trying to change something that cannot change you have to believe that god is a god who can look after you and he doesn't want to hear such a stupid answer as excuse me from the work of god because i've got five yoke of news I don't know what word to, 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 to describe. I've got school. School? You see, the school that I, I want to say, a lot of you who did a Greek, you didn't get medicine. That's why you did a Greek. A lot of people who did pharmacy, you didn't get medicine. That's why you did it. A lot of people, difference about chemistry and so on. You, a lot of people, you didn't get law. That's why you did philosophy. You didn't get admin. That is why you did uh, uh, sociology and so on. I got medicine. I got it. You say you are going to school. I've been to school more than most of you here. My doctor, when you see the name doctor, he was me. The doctor is not a doctor that you buy with $150 certificate. It's a doctor earned by going to school for seven years in the university. 
A lot of doctors you see, this it's a paper. You can there are a lot of places I was if you like after church. If you want to be a doctor, see me after church, I will show you where to buy it. You can be either reverend or doctor by by mail or EMS. You can get it right now. I've seen school and throughout when I put God on the platter first, God has done the opposite of what I thought that maybe I'm losing. It was they were added unto me. You have to learn a life where God is first. In spite of what you are, you may be a businessman, but God is still first in your life. You may be a student, but God is still first. You may be married, but God is still first. You may be involved in so many things, but God is always first. He's always first in value, in rank, in number. He's always first. When you are taking a decision, he's always the first. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. I said it's possible. I said it's possible. What people have given their whole lives to acquire and to achieve, God will add to you. Unless you don't, and I know it's so difficult for people to believe. One day I was talking to one of my pastors. I was telling, said, you know, you have to work for the Lord and so on. And she said to me, hey, Pastor, your father has got money, so, <laughs> so even if you don't work, you can get money. <laughs> So we, we have to work. If the stronghold has not broken out of your head yet, that's why all these messages have no effect. Is Jesus against houses? Turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter 10. Anytime you are looking for houses, go to Mark 10. You'll get one there. Verse 29. Verse 28. And then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Remember this story? The rich man who came to Jesus. And what did he say in verse 29? And Jesus answered and said, Verily, I say unto you, There is no man. Everybody include yourself in the no man. He said, There is no man. Are you with me? In Mark chapter 10. I'm reading verse 29 now. I'm on verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, There is no man that has left houses or house. You left one house. Or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and for the gospel's sake. Verse 30. But he shall receive a hundredfold. A hundredfold in heaven. No, a hundredfold now. In this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands, lands with persecutions and in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are protos shall be eschatos and the eschatos protos. I will be sharing with you about how proton leads you to protos and eschatos. Protos means first and eschatos means last. Furthermost, distant, last. Many that are first shall be last because they put the second first and the first second. Is Jesus against lands and houses? He is not. He himself said, There is nobody. Who lives, and you see, when I take my life to be in the ministry, 
count all these years that I've been working for the Lord. Count how much money that I would have earned if I was going on some other line. And Jesus is saying, there's nobody who has left anything for my name, for my sake. He will receive it. Some of us have to relieve certain relationships, certain friendships. Some of you have to leave certain boyfriends. And because you leave that boyfriend, God will give you such a husband. A hundredfold of that foolish slappy J who used to slap you all the time. God will give you Ricky Z himself. Some of you have to leave certain ladies. You are a lady and you left certain friendships of other ladies who are some way. You leave them. You cut them out of your life. And God will give you many, 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 many more better relationships better friendships than those ones that you left behind because of jesus there is no one that leaves these things who will not have them lands houses for security reasons there are a lot of testimonies i don't share i can't share and i won't share but i can tell you that that part is also true it's true in my life amen as I have said the Lord, he has not pushed me down. Yes, you've come. Go down. Yes, you've come. Demote. The first person I heard saying that was Idahosa, Archbishop. He said, God did not bring you to him to demote you. He said, God did not bring you to reduce you. These are the two words he used. I've never forgotten. Demote and reduce. God does not demote and reduce people. He promotes. God is the lifter up of your head. It's not the bringer down of your head. I see God lifting you up and raising you up. And finally, turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. Is God against your marriage? Those of you who are so marriage conscious. Meanwhile, your marriages are not any bare marriage too. So, so struggles in the house. You come out smiling, but inside the house is fire and brimstone. Nobody knows the troubles you see. If somebody were to stand outside your window, he wouldn't hear the sound of laughter and jokes and crap, but he would hear the sound of arguments and shoutings and threatenings and, and insults. Mercy forever. Threatenings. I'll leave you one day, you'll see. You'll never get somebody like me again. You are lucky that I married you. Ha, swine. Is Jesus against marriage? Listen. There's three. Matthew 90. Then the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? For this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one. Wherefore they are no more twin but one flesh. Therefore God has joined what God has joined together let no man put asunder. Then they said unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement to put it away? And he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered or allowed you to put away your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, this is Jesus now talking about marriage, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committed adultery and whosoever marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery <laughs> as of verse 10 notice and his disciples said unto him if if the case be if the case of the man be so 
with his wife it is not good <laughs> it is not good <laughs> to marry <laughs> the disciple said that hey, if that is what has to for a man that you can sack your wife apart from only one thing if she doesn't cook for you still you have to marry her if she doesn't have sex with you you have to marry her if she doesn't love you you have to marry her whatever she does you have to marry jesus said yes that's what i said you have to marry her if she's very quarrelsome and she beats you you have to marry her yes obey jesus if so be the case that it's not a good thing to marry the only reason why i can sack my wife is if i have seen that she has gone to sleep with somebody that's what jesus said no matter what type of animal you have married you have to stay with it if it's a snake you have to make a glass cage i tell you you can stay with any animal if it's a snake you make a glass cage and it will be inside and you'll be looking at it and... if it's a cat if it's a cat wife you've married you have to make a little box with some sand so that they go and poo poo inside so that the house will be okay if it's a dog if it's a doggy wife you have to take the chain you have to get a chain <laughs> but you can't change the you can't change the cat you can't uh, i don't like the cat i want a dog no you can't you took a cat pastor but i got a snake no you still get a glass look when i was in medical school there was a viper in the room with us big viper the head was fat like my hand sleeping there like we were, we were looking at it, it was experiment we we're doing zoology it was there i wonder if it's still there sleeping it only eats mice the sleeper as if, as if it hasn't seen you somebody was holding and then it got up one day we saw it and actually opened them out and it cut the man just slightly we were all afraid for him but we stayed with the snake for years that yeah the snake had been so if your wife is a snake wife, just make a glass, this thing boss. And just be in it like that. Careful now. Careful now. This one, if it gets you, you will die. If your wife is a monkey, get some bananas in your house. Plant some trees in your house. When she's swinging on the, on the trees like that, she'll be happy. Then you throw one banana, then she'll be busy for some time. Then you go and do what you have to do in the house. You can't leave if your wife is a chicken. Find some corn. You can't change it. Jesus said you can't change it. I didn't say it. Jesus is so much in favor of marriage. I said Jesus is so much in favor of marriage. Jesus is the hardest, strongest ever person ever to talk about marriage. No matter what, you stay with it. Islam, I will read to you from the Quran maybe another time i'll reach you i've got about 10 verses from the quran about how you deal with wives 
you will love Jesus after that. I tell you, you see that his his method is they talk about how to beat them to, to discipline them. <laughs> I'll bring my Quran next time. We'll open, we'll open and read. You discipline them. The man said, the man said, I Lord, if it be so, we can't change. Then it's not a good idea at all. And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if you put aside your wife for any other reason apart from divorce, it is adultery. Who is stronger? on the need to stay together than Jesus. No one. No one. No one. No one loves your marriage. Loves your prosperity. Loves your business. Wants to see you prosper. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. No one wants to see you have... the feeling I have, you see, me, I have my children, I have four children, I have my wife. Yet I have a feeling in me for people. It's, it's the love of God, the shepherd, it's an, it's an anointing. You see, that anointing makes me interested in people and makes me love them and want it to be well with them. It's, it's, an, it's just an anointing because normally people are not interested in other people's lives. Because if somebody that's well somebody marries it doesn't do anything you are in your house if you even have a problem you are still with the problem in your house and that thing when it goes beyond just your own natural children to a whole lot of is the shepherd is the love of god that he's passing through his gift to love people the love of god and that love that interest that i have is a supernatural thing that i want to see them married i want to see that they are happy I want to see that they are blessed. I want to see that they have a good place to stay. That they have a car. And this and that. These are all things that God has desired for you. How it angers God when he calls you for something which will not affect those things. And he says, come for something. Come for something I want to see you about. And then you get up. The person who is more concerned about that thing. And then you tell him that, look, I have my marriage and others to... Who cares about your marriage more than Jesus? You say your business, who cares about your business more than Jesus? You say you are working, who cares about your work more than God? What an insult. No wonder he gets, and that's why sometimes when I'm telling somebody, some of the person says, oh yeah, but you know I'm married or you know I work. Of course I know you work. What do you mean by you work? Do you think I didn't know that you were working before I asked you to do that work? He said, you know, you know, you know, you know we work. You know we have this to do. You know uh, we, we, we are whatever. What do you mean by that? Do you think I didn't know that you were you were doing when I started to talk to you about that? It's a and that's why Jesus got angry. I mean, the master got angry. He said, Come on, leave these people. That thing, when you start to speak like that to God, it shows a certain attitude that is in you, something that's wrong in your heart. That really what you are after is something else. The one who cares more about you staying together, glued and joined like Siamese twins. With your husband or your wife and your children is almighty god and when he says to you the one who is sitting there caring he says come then you stand over there and shout but you know i'm married don't you know that i'm good yes <laughs> what an insult i'm surprised at what he's saying 
Because I'm the one who introduced him to the marriage. I'm the one who made the way for sex. But you know I wear. <laughs> what are you saying? You're insulting me. Am I not the one who gave you that work? I connected you. you now the, the excuse you are giving me as if I don't like your work. I gave you the brain as, as if uh, you know I have exams. <laughs> we would not be sitting here if I had given the answer like that. Lord, I have five years to go. It's 1984. Lord, 1989 is coming. Five years to go. Five years. Five years. Lord, you know I have five years. Lord, you know my children have five years before they'll be big. Lord, I have five children. Lord, I have five. I have a five-year contract. He gave it to you. And I've come to see. God have no, has no bad intention about your business. God has no bad intention. God has no bad mind about your business. He wants you to cut it down. He wants you to reduce it or to reduce your bank account or to let not so much profit come or to cut down your this thing or what you are doing or remove your hours. There's nothing evil like that. He has such a good plan and his plan is to bless you and to honor you. And yet, when he calls you, the answer you give him as though he is a bad person who doesn't understand or know about school or business or the importance of money. As if he doesn't know about, about, about that you use money to buy petrol. That's why the master got angry. That's why he got angry. And he said, what? That's the reason. He said he's married. So when you are married and I invite you to a dinner, you and your wife, is it not a good time to go? Let's stop insulting God in our minds and our hearts. Let's stop the insults. God is the one who can promote you. Let me tell you something. Let, let me tell you a secret you don't know. Everything in this world, even where you think there are rules, there is always favor. You don't understand. I say everything where you think that there are rules like the rule is that if you do this then you go from here to here if you do this you go from here to here if you do this you go from here to here apart from the rules there is always favor in the most apparently organized institution there is the element of favor God's hand and God's favor that makes them to select you or take you to a certain level it looks like I have to work for three years, then this will happen. I have to work for two years, then this will happen. I have to do this, then that will happen. I have to do this, then I will get this. Or when I do this, then this will happen. When I smile, I'll get a, this, my husband. Or when I do this, I'll be this. Or when I cook uh, food like this, my husband will like it. It looks like those are the rules, but <laughs> there are, there's always the element of the favor. You may be doing for three years, but still it won't come. You may be doing this for two years, but still it will not happen. You may do it for three years and it will go, God will lift you beyond what that rule says. And that element, when it comes in, that's the hand of God. That's the blessing of God. That you may be down, you will be selected. They say, come, 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 you, come. No, 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 not you, not you, not you. You, come. And God is choosing you out. It's called favor. It's called favor. There's the favor of God in prosperity. 
there's the favor of God in marriage. There's the favor of God in business. There's the favor of God even to have a house, to have a car, to have things, to have all these things. It takes the favor of God. Yes, the rules are there, but the hand of God, like how God sent his hand on Joseph and said, come out of the prison now. Yes, a prisoner does not usually come out, but even the coming out, I'm taking you to the highest place. There's an element of favor. And never rule out that element. Yes, you can do exercise. One day I was standing by the first person I saw dying. One of the first people I saw dying on the ward. It was my friend's father. And I said to her, what was wrong with your father? She said, I don't know. I said, was your father healthy? Is my father very healthy? I said, did your father exercise? Then she showed me the roads that he jogs on and walks on every day. She showed me the roots. She showed me. He goes here. He goes here. He goes here. He comes here. Then I said, do your, do your, do your father do uh, hospital? He said, yeah. Always. Every year. Check up. What happened? I don't know. Suddenly. Pah, he was lying there dying. I didn't know that was what it looks like. When you are in the hospital for some time, you see somebody dying, you always know he's going to die. Always, you can see, this man is dead. Although he's breathing, he's dead. That was the first time I saw the rules were being broken. Exercise. This, that, that. But the rules were being broken. And you see somebody else. It seems that he's keeping all the rules. Or he's breaking all the rules. And the favor of God, Christ, is still helping him. Or there's somebody, Christ, is not able to keep up with all the, the things that are supposed to be done to move on in life. And yet, God's hand is upon him. God's hand is on her. And it's lifting him up. He's not able to go to the school that they said you should go. He's not able to do this course that they said you should. He's not able to get such a husband as you thought you should get. Yet the hand of God is on the person. You see that person laughing and you see that you are always sad and you are always crying. You see that person joking and happy and you wonder why you are not happy. Even though you have kept all the rules and you seem to be going by certain standards and things that have been set. There's something called favor. There's something called the selection of God. There's something called God looks upon you and says, I like you. I like your spirit. I like your heart. Why do you think God chose Abraham? Why do you think God chose Moses? Why do you think God chose the people that are there? God favored them and blessed them. Even though they, they were not able to keep up to the standards that we even set for ourselves today. God said, yes, I've chosen you. Come, 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 come. You'll be the father of faith. I chose you from your town. I chose you from your house. I lifted you from where you are. And I am going to bless you and place you where you never imagined you would be. There's something called favor. You may keep the rules. You may know all the steps to take. That's why in church growth we have the steps. We have the principles. And yet, and yet we can keep all the steps and all the principles. And see the church is not good because there's just an element. There's that element that it takes the hand of God and the grace of God. You can have the most beautiful face and the most beautiful cheeks and the most longest nails and longest eyebrows and eyelashes and nobody will ever look at you and say i want to marry you i like you do you like me no because there's an element called the favor of god you may have everything in place and yet you never have a job because you have this you have that you have that but yet you still don't have a job and somebody who did drama and who did some other course which doesn't have any relation to what it is that person rather seems to be going into certain realms and you wonder about yourself and say ah but i 
did law, I did administration, I did medicine. Why don't I have a car? Why don't I have anything? Where is my blessing? I try to obey all the rules because I want you to know there is a hand called the hand of God and God's hand has to be upon your life. God has to pick you. God has to lift you. God has to extend your life. God has to bless you for you to experience his true blessing. Yes. Yes. Let's stop insulting God. Lift up your hand and say, I am doing business. Lift up your hand and say, I'm working. Lift up your hand and say, I'm married. Nonsense. As if God doesn't know that you are married. As if he is not the one who is the strongest. Nobody is stronger on marriage than Jesus. Nobody. And the same Jesus said, I am still first. Even though I am for marriage. Even though I'll give you land. Even though I'll give you houses. I am first. I will never be second. I will never accept second or third or any other thing that you try to push in me. I will never accept it. I don't care. He will never accept. He's a jealous God. He's a jealous God. Yes, he's jealous over your work. Because since he gave you the work, you have you become like Sarah and Hagar. You know, you have become like Abraham and Hagar. Yes, you are, you, you, you are like Sarah. You allowed Hagar to move around. But after a while, God was saying, oh, I can't, I can't. I, I, I'm the one who brought Hagar. I am the one who brought. But now she's become, you see, when, when, when Hagar began to mock at Sarah then Sarah said no I brought you I brought you <laughs> my mate you forgot eh? you forgot where you were you were my maid you were nothing you would never have had any you would never have married I gave my husband to you and today that thing that blessing I gave you is turning into something that you look at me with a certain eye i've never had that eye for these 13 years i've been with you and you've been here i've never had that feeling it's a feeling that comes from your heart it's a feeling that comes from your mind and your spirit where you are despising the one who blessed you and the one who something that you look at me with a certain eye i've never had that eye for these 13 years I've been with you and you've been here, I've never had that feeling. It's a feeling that comes from your heart. It's a feeling that comes from your mind and your spirit where you are despising the one who blessed you and the one who opened the door to change your destiny. It's something that comes from within there. And now, Hagar was mocking at the God, at, at the woman who, 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 who told her husband I've not yet seen that kind of woman who told her husband, you have her. It's okay. You just have a child. No problem. You have a child. And now, whole thing is turning around. The business. And Sarah said to him, take it away. Take it away. Take it away. How many times God gave you things? Things have become bigger. And the one who gave it to you, God has to get up and say, Take it away, take it out. One day, Kenneth Higgins' wife, she wasn't happy when her husband was preaching and going around. And one day, he had a heart attack or something, he fell down in church and they took him to the back. And she heard the voice of God, and God said, I can take him away forever. You will never see him again. 
And she said, Lord, please have your way. That was the end of her struggle over her husband with the ministry. I can take him away permanently. Sarah said, take Drive her. And Abraham said, no. And God spoke to Abraham and said, do what your wife said. She doesn't deserve to be there. Do what your wife said. Send her away. She forgot how she came about to be where she was. She forgot how she had the brains to go to medical school or law school or whatsoever school, computer. Forgot. And she was driven out into the desert. May you never be driven into a desert because you, you forgot where you came to be where you are. God, unwarranted blessings and favor upon your life. Father, I thank you. 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 It came from you, Jesus. It came from you, Lord. It came from you, Jesus. It came from you, Jesus. It came from you, Lord. Forgive us for the insults. Forgive us for those comments that are insults in disguise. As though you are not the one who gave the children and gave the money and gave the houses and gave the blessing. Forgive us. Forgive us. Lord, we confess that we have wandered far from your purpose and plan. Willingly gone in the wrong direction Father forgive us Spirit come lead us back to the way back to the truth back to the foot of the cross oh show us the end Lead us along eternal highways. We want to walk in the footsteps of
just speak to the Lord in a moment. thought about you and we said things as though we you, you are you don't know about business or school you are against school or against business forgive us Jesus have mercy on us we thank you father for mercy upon this church help us Lord help us help us Jesus Help us, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just begin to thank the Lord. Just thank the Lord. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Masunkre. Thank Him. For his mercy. Thank him. Kimbledis. Thank him. Chimbola. Kiringoloso. Karandala. Karada Zandarala Mazadito so Calabraneso. Sicola. 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 Chico. 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 Chico, Mocosanta, Masanta, Masanta, Mosanta. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When we go out for a crusade and we go to people's houses and we invite them to come and they tell us things like, I have to do my washing. You may think for a moment that God is against doing washing. I have to go to school. 
you're inviting the person to the crusade has nothing to do with that school. At least nothing against it. If anything, when he comes and he knows Christ, it will even be better for him in that school. And yet, these are the very reasons that people give to stay away from God and from serving him. And these are the very reasons up till today, as believers, we give the Lord my business, my work, my school, my, my, my marriage, my children, my husband, my wife. May God help us. I believe he's helping us. You shall never be cast out into the desert in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we want to receive an offering. Amen. You know, I want you to give a good offering this evening. Amen. Are you ready to give a good offering? Take out a good offering. Next week, moat spotters, moat finders. Don't miss the moat finders message because God will speak to you. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.